Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome to the War Room. It's Tuesday, August the 11th, the year of our Lord 2020, broadcasting live from Capitol Hill. I'm Raheem Kassam, Jack Maxey in studio, Vishbura, Stephen K. Bannon down the line. We've got a packed out show for you guys here on the America's Voice.News network, the John Fredericks Radio Network on G News and GTV, subtitle in Mandarin and blown through the CCP's firewall. And of course, later on, on Newsmax TV, welcome back to the War Room. I want to throw it over to Stephen K. Bannon. Thanks, Raheem. Got a packed show today uh, talking about uh, what's happening in Portland, Chicago, all the anarchy that's going on. I'm going to talk some of the economy, get back to Nancy Pelosi. But remember, on the show, we try to focus on the signal, not the noise. I want to bring in Dr. Stephen Mosher, uh, author of a fantastic book, The Bully of Asia, a book about the, the Chinese Communist Party and what they've been doing and what their master plan is. But he has an amazing uh, analysis on LifeSite News about a uh, one of the most prominent uh, doctors in the world in the area of epidemiology and virology uh, that's just come out with a new book that's in Italian. It's just being translated. I want to bring on Stephen Mosher. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for joining us today on War and Pandemic. Good to be here, Steve. Look, uh, we talked about this, I think, in the last week of January. In the very first or second show, we had Bill Gertz on talking about the Wuhan lab. We had Senator Tom Cotton a couple days later. Uh, immediately, the Washington Post uh, was out with a piece, you know, conspiracy theories already coming about the Chinese, conspiracy theories already coming about the Wuhan lab, uh, etc. This to me is an inflection point this book and it's explosive i want to take our time and walk through exactly what you've discovered with this book talk about your interview uh, your analysis and life site news tell us about who this doctor is and why this ties back to what you gertz tom cotton of other people have been saying the intelligence agencies in the five eyes that this centers back in wuhan and that's what we have to focus on that p4 lab yeah, back in January, Tom Cotton and Bill Gertz and, and you and, and, and I have to say I were talking about the fact that this was probably this probably came from a lab that the uh, PLA People's Liberation Army was probably involved in uh, developing this virus and that it may indeed have been part of a bioweapons program. Uh, we were immediately dismissed uh, as conspiracy theorists. I mean, I had I had a couple articles actually censored by the fake news and, and taken down off the internet, and and we were attacked, Steve by American virologists who knew perfectly well what the truth was, but preferred to protect China and themselves from scrutiny, lest they themselves be implicated. Now, here we go to Professor Giuseppe Trito, 
who is one of Italy's leading scientists. He's an internationally known expert in biotechnology and nanotechnology. He's had a stellar academic career. He's the president of the World Academy of Biotechnology Sciences and Technologies. It was founded by UNESCO, uh, a UN-affiliated organization in 1997. In other words, this guy is a man of impeccable credentials. He's a man of considerable stature in the global scientific community. And, and one of the goals of the WABT that he's the head of is to analyze the effect of biotechnologies like genetic engineering on humanity. Well, what biotechnology product has had more of an effect on humanity than the genetically engineered uh, coronavirus that comes from China? So this is, this is his wheelhouse. This is what he's supposed to be doing, and this is what he's been doing for the last 20 years. And he has a book. I must tell you, the book's in Italian. It reads like a, a detective novel because he has dates and names and places. He goes back to the history of this thing, back to the beginning of the SARS epidemic in, in uh, 2003 when China decided to set up in Wuhan uh, this laboratory to investigate SARS viruses and to help develop a vaccine. That was the original purpose, to help develop a vaccine against uh, another potential SARS virus coming out. So Professor Trito has the goods and uh, he says this, this is the bottom line. The China virus definitely was not a freak of nature that happened across the species barrier from bat to man. He says that's ridiculous. He says it was genetically engineered in the Wuhan Institute of Virology's P4 lab, the high containment lab, P4 lab, in a program supervised by the Chinese military. Now, this is, uh, uh, this is what he demonstrates in the book is the pathway by which this PLA-owned coronavirus was genetically modified to become the China virus now ravaging the world. And he calls it a chimera, of course. All of your viewers know what a chimera is now. It's an organism created in a lab. But here's where, here's where the Americans and the French scientists get involved, Steve. Uh, the Wuhan lab was actually built by the French. Uh, the French came in and set up this, uh, this P4 lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We advised against it uh, because we said this is highly sensitive, dangerous technology. We might not want to be handing it over to the Chinese. The French, being the French, went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, the ribbon-cutting ceremony was in February of 2017, after which the French were shown the door and no French scientists were ever allowed back in the lab. But the French are, are involved. The French are also involved because the head of the P4 lab, Dr. Shir Zhang Li, whom we've talked about before at great length, Dr. Shir was at the Pasteur Institute in France, and that's where she learned about uh, how to uh, insert pieces of the AIDS virus uh, into other viruses uh, to make them more pathogenic, to make them more pathogenic, to make them more dangerous. So the French are involved. Uh, they don't want to talk about what happened in the lab. And the Americans are involved as well. Uh, uh, Professor Ralph Barrick of the University of North Carolina was on the receiving end of major grants from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. This, of course, is Dr. Anthony Fauci's shop. He's a big proponent of gain-of-function research. He has been since at least 2011 when he published an article in the Washington Post advocating for it. And when this was stopped at, at Professor Barrick's lab, they moved the research to China. 
so so Professor Barrick and some American virologists have been involved in the lab in past years. But this is what happened. As soon as this research, as soon as this virus uh, began to show uh, dangerous properties, uh, the virus was more infectious, the virus was more dangerous. Immediately, the People's Liberation Army bioweapons people got involved. And I can tell you as a China expert exactly why that happened. It happened because everything in China is dual-use technology. Everything in China follows the rule of let the civilians support the military. So as soon as this civilian vaccine project at the Wuhan Institute of Virology showed promise, uh, the military moved in and said, oh, this has military potential. And then who did you have come on the scene? You had people like uh, General Chun Wei, the head of the PLA's bioweapons program. Uh, you had other people who were involved in, in the PLA's bioweapons program going into the lab and working with uh, Dr. Sher, who basically lost control of her own project. Now, the only, the only place, all of this, by the way, uh, I know you're probably going to have Dr. Yen Limang on later. Uh, Dr. Yen is one of my heroes. Uh, she has risked her life to come out and tell the world the story of the China virus. And what she says is absolutely, positively the truth about the development of the vaccine, about the involvement of the PLA, and so on and so forth, right down the line. Now, there's only one difference. There's only one place where Dr. Trito and Dr. Yen disagree. Dr. Trito, for his part, cannot believe that the China virus was deliberately released from the P4 lab. And I think he cannot believe it because he is a Westerner. He's an Italian, he's a product of Western civilization, and it is simply beyond the comprehension of anybody who comes from that cultural milieu uh, to, to, to credit the idea that a government would deliberately, a political party, a terrorist organization like the CCP would deliberately release a virus on its own people so that it could spread throughout the world. I, on the other hand, as a China expert who knows that what the Chinese Communist Party is capable of, think it is not beyond the realm of possibility that it was deliberately leaked out of the lab. Now, there is another possibility that a disgruntled employee, somebody angry at themselves and the world, took it out of the lab and spread it throughout the public. But, uh, but I think that, that uh, Dr. Trito's account, 272 detailed pages, dovetails perfectly with Dr. Yen's account. And I think we have the goods now on the Chinese Communist Party's People's Liberation Army developed bioweapon that is now killing people around the world. And you know, you, you say it all the time on your show and you're absolutely correct. Uh, China lies and people continue to die. Uh, Dr. Mosher, let's go back. I want to unpack. Uh, yeah, I want to unpack some of this. Uh, some of this uh, second, let's let's. Um, I want to talk about the French and actually the building the lab. The lab came out of uh, a, a a good and healthy process. It was about SARS and about how you uh, focus on SARS and then MERS that came out of uh, China in the early 2000s. And so uh, they, they made the argument that they actually needed a P4 lab. It was very controversial at the time. The United States didn't support it. But wasn't part of the deal in the French actually building it that the French were supposed to take some sort of supervisory role? There was no question that, uh, you know, uh, the Dr. Batwoman and others in the, around the Chinese program were not qualified 
to do the type of experimentation they were talking about, there was actually going to be some sort of overall supervision by the French? Absolutely, absolutely. The, the joint uh, uh, research protocol that was signed by the French and the Chinese governments uh, stated that the Wuhan Institute of Virology would build a, re a residential complex and that after the opening of the lab, there would be 50, that is five zero, French researcher scientists at the P4 lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, to oversee the research with their Chinese colleagues. So there was supposed to be supervision and oversight and control to make sure this lab um, didn't do the things that it turned out to have done over the last few years. But what happened after the French premier cut the ribbon in February of 2017, officially opening up the lab, all the French were shown the door, Steve. Not a single French researcher was ever allowed to move into the residential complex uh, and take up residence there and work in the lab along with Dr. Schur, because I think by that time, uh, the People's Liberation Army had gotten involved and they had decided, oh, uh, we now have a great uh, research lab, uh, top of the line research lab that we can use to research bioweapons and you know the rest of the story from there. But this is also a familiar story. The Chinese Communist Party signs an agreement, and as soon as it gets what it wants, uh, whether it's technology, whether it's other kinds of assistance, financial assistance, it tears up the agreement, it walks away, and it does precisely what it wants. This is a, a Communist Party that operates by deceit and deception every step of the way. Uh, I'm afraid I think that the French um, should have seen this coming. Uh, Dr. Mosher, we want to keep you over for the next segment, if that's okay. Raheem, uh, how much? I, I just jump in here when we're we're yeah. running out of time. But Dr. Mosher, you, you go to I want to just. Steve. Can you give a definition? Yeah, Dr. Mosher, I tell you what, we'll wait till we get back because I want to talk about gain of function. I want to talk about these experiments that are trying to get vaccines, but they're very dangerous and need to be tightly supervised and can either both go awry or be used for nefarious purposes. So when we return, Stephen Mosher, the author of Bully of Asia, one of the best books out there about the Chinese Communist Party and what their overall plan is. He's written a brilliant piece in LifeSite News. We've got it up on our site right now. We'll be pushing this out over the next couple of days about an extraordinary book from one of the top experts in the world. He's Italian. The book is in Italian, hasn't been translated yet. But Dr. Mosher is out there with uh, really uh, an amazing analysis of it. We're going to return in a moment. Back to you, Raheem. We'll return with Dr. Mosher about the gain of function and the weaponization of uh, the Wuhan lab next. I guess we'll be right back. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. 2020 has been a gut punch to American business, and if you're going to succeed, you need every possible advantage. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. Get your free guide right now at netsuite.com slash Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam here on Capitol Hill. Over to Stephen K. Bannon. Yeah, we're talking to one of the top experts in the world of the Chinese Communist Party, this is the day we got to stop playing games with the Chinese Communist Party. It's evident, and the top experts of the world now are starting to connect the dots about 
the Chinese Communist Party being directly responsible for this disaster, this pandemic that's destroyed the world's economy, killed hundreds of thousands of people, including over 160,000 of our fellow citizens. Stephen Mosher has written a book called Bully of Asia, which is a brilliant book, but his new article on LifeSite News, one of the best sites out there, his new article on LifeSite News analyzes a really a groundbreaking book by one of the top doctors in the world. He runs a the, 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 the institution for UNESCO that oversees the impact on humanity of genetic engineering. And he is focused on this pandemic. He's focused on the COVID virus. He's focused on the Wuhan lab. And he's laid out in over 270 pages, really a, a warning shot for the world about exactly what went on and who's to blame. Who's to blame is the Chinese Communist Party, regardless of what do you think like uh, General Robert Spaulding or Miles Guo or, or Stephen Mosher that the CCP uh, it, you know, consciously let this thing out. Even if you're in the camp that, hey, inadvertently somehow it got out of the lab, what we know is that they were directly responsible. There's a chain of title of these experiments in this virus, which is not in nature. This virus, which is not found in nature, is they're directly responsible back to the highest levels of Beijing, General Secretary Xi, Wan Shi Shan, and the rest of his henchmen are directly responsible to the world. We need to stop playing games. This book has to be analyzed. The doctor that wrote it has to be interviewed. And here's the important point. Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, said, hey, WHO's, you know, gone over there and had a meeting, went to Beijing, talking about what they're going to see and what they're not going to see. The book reinforces what Dr. Yan says. They've never given us the original genome sequence of what this virus was, the reason they wanted to hide what went on. 70, they should get 72 hours, 72 hours to turn over everything, every email, every text message, every report, every scientist, every lab technician, complete uh, uh, inspection of the labs by an international consortium led by the top scientists in the world from Europe, the United States, India, Japan, across the world, Africa, Latin America, the top biologists in the world should come together in Hong Kong, should come together in 72 hours and get to the bottom of this. It is outrageous that we've let this dictatorship lie to people's face and try to spin it, that they're the saviors of the world because they'll give you PPE. Their collaborators and appeasers are going to be held accountable. They're not going to be able to run away from the truth. I'm going to quote Mao Zedong, from facts come truth. Okay, the facts are in the Wuhan lab and those facts are going to show the truth. And the truth is the Chinese Communist Party and their biological weapons program, which they're not supposed to have because they signed the treaty in 1984. We know they were lying because of when they came into the WTO, they had to admit they had a program going right. When they got this lab, one of the parts of the lab, they had to admit they had some experiments going. So they've consistently lied over 30 or 40 years. And here's what they see. They see biological and chemical weapons as a poor man's nuclear weapon. They don't need a massive nuclear program. And right now, they're in business with their partners in Pakistan. They're building a P3 lab there. They're talking to Iran about building a lab there. The Middle East is going to explode with these type of labs. And in these labs, in the Middle East, just like in China, only bad things happen. They weren't there. The, the, the doctors at first were there for the betterment of mankind, there to help solve in case another SARS broke out. We saw what happened. 
they weaponized the lab. They weaponized the research. They got into this concept called gain of function. It's a term we brought up back in late January, early February. We said, hey, this is the signal, not the noise. Forget what the mainstream media is saying. This type of experiment is going to come back, and you're going to know about it. Okay, well, in August of 2020, what, seven, eight months into this fiasco, this is now coming front and center. Dr. Mosher, can you explain to the audience once again gain of function and, and the good reasons people are try to do it, but the difficulty with it and, you know, what do you say these things are built in labs that are man-made? Gene development, Steve, the uh, reverse genetics, it's called, is used to create viral strains that, that have reduced pathogenesis, to, but to which the immune system responds by creating antibodies against the virus. That's a good use of reverse genetics. But reverse genetics can also be used to create viral strains that are increasingly dangerous, increasingly lethal, and increasingly infectious. And that's what Dr. Shijiang Li in her P4 lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology did. She was encouraged and working with PLA bioweapons experts and began to focus her research on this. And, and that's not just me talking, that's also Dr. Yen, that's also Professor Trito, of course, world-renowned scientist who now has written a book laying out exactly how this was done. Again, Dr. Schur from the P4 lab in Wuhan first solicited help from the French government, which built the P4 lab, and from the French government's Pasteur Institute, which showed her how to manipulate HIV genomes. The gene insertion method she used is called reverse genetic system two. Using this method, she inserted an HIV segment into a coronavirus discovered in horseshoe bats to make it more infectious and lethal. Uh, that was 10 years ago. And then, of course, we moved to the U United States, to the University of North Carolina, where in a lab at the, that university, uh, which was on the receiving end of major grants from Dr. Fauci, uh, they did gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function, gain-of-function. What kind of functions are they making coronaviruses gain? they're making them more infectious and more lethal. In other words, they're creating superbugs in the lab. Now the idea that they would the idea that they would create superbugs in the lab uh, boggles the mind. Why would you ever create a dangerous, uh, potentially lethal uh, coronavirus in the lab that might escape from the lab? Well, the idea was we're going to create superbugs in the lab so that we can create a vaccine against it so that we can develop therapies against it. So when the real superbug comes on the scene, we'll be ready for it. Well, that's all fun and games until you hand over the technology to the Chinese Communist Party. It gets its PLA bioweapons people in charge and they're doing gain of function research to make a coronavirus that's more lethal and infectious than anything found in nature, not to develop a vaccine, not to develop therapies, but to release it on the world and cripple the world's economy, uh, killing uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the process. Now, that's what happened uh, in China. That's what's happening to us right now. And, you know, you brought up the question of um, why, why China has refused to provide the complete genome of the China virus to the World Health Organization, to the United States, or anywhere else. Dr. Trito, remember our Italian scientist, world-renowned scientist, explains this. He said, quote, if the Chinese provided the matrix virus, that is the original virus, the source virus that they created, it would have meant admitting 
that SARS-CoV-2, the China virus, was created in a laboratory. In fact, he went on to say, the incomplete genome made available by China lacks some inserts of AIDS amino acids, which itself is a smoking gun. So if you look at the incomplete genome of the China virus that has been provided by China, you can see that there are pieces missing that constitute a smoking gun. Now, the key question, of course, for those of us who are living through a pandemic concerns the development of a vaccine. Professor Trito on this point is not optimistic. He says, given the many mutations of the China virus, it's unlikely a single vaccine that blocks the virus will be found. Quote, at the moment, 11 different strains have been identified of the China virus. The A2A genetic line developed in Europe, the B1 genetic line, which took root in North America, are more contagious than the original strain originating in Wuhan. I therefore believe, Dr. Trito says, at most, a vaccine can be found effective on four or five strains and able to cover 70, 75% of the world's population. In other words, Steve, by withholding from the world the original genetic code of the China virus that it created in order to hide its complicity, the Chinese Communist Party is ensuring that no completely effective vaccine will ever be developed by the West. In other words, China continues to lie and people continue to die. This is yet one more uh, nail in the coffin of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we need to put this political organization out of existence forever. Dr. Moshe, uh, this Stephen, is- real quickly, uh, we've got about a minute left. Well, hang on for a second, Jack. We only got a minute of Dr. Moshe. Dr. Moshe, if you were in the Oval Office today, what are the two or three things you would tell the President of the United States he has to do in confronting the Chinese Communist Party about this virus? Got 60 seconds. Well, I think we'd have to put the Chinese Communist Party on notice that they have a deadline, uh, 72 hours, 90, 96 hours. I don't care what it is. We need a deadline for them to turn over all of the records, uh, the complete genome of the China virus, and uh, admit to the world what they've done. Uh, failing that, uh, we should think about uh, extending diplomatic recognition to Taiwan, uh, breaking ties with the uh, Chinese Communist Party-controlled People's Republic of China, we know what's going on in Xinjiang and Tibet in outer Mongolia. We know what's going on in uh, in Hong Kong now. We know that uh, they're they're developing possible invasion plans uh, in the South China Sea vis-a-vis -vis Taiwan or Japan. Uh, the time to to the real China virus, of course, is the Chinese Communist Party itself. Doc, uh, that's doctor, what we need to get to in order to solve the. Okay. Yeah. Doctor Moshe, thank you Dr. so much. Doctor Moshe, we'll get your book up. We'll push the book in the next segment. Fabulous. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll be back with more War Room Pandemic. Jack Maxi, Raheem Kassam, Stephen K. Bannon, Dr. Yan, in just a second. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Well, 2020 has been a gut punch to American business, and if you're going to succeed, you need every possible advantage. 
That's why you need NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system and a sponsor of this show. Smart companies run on NetSuite because it gives them the visibility and control over their financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place. So whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. You have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, essentially run your whole company right from your phone. So join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. They actually surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. So get your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Bannon. That's netsuite.com slash Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam, Vishbura here on Capitol Hill. I want to throw it back to Stephen K. Bannon. You know, one of the reasons I'm so proud about this show and the audience and the impact it's having because of the audience is guys like uh, Stephen Mosher. His book, uh, Bully of Asia, is a must read. We're, we're, we're so glad to get guys on here. The Curtis Ellers, the Moshers, the uh, Dr. Spaulding's, the Bill Gertz's. People have been on this topic for decades. These are not Johnny come lately. These are not people that are grifters that are all of a sudden going to see you're going to see all these emails going around. Oh, help me because I'm now all anti-China, anti-CCP. No, these are people who have been doing this for decades and talking about the great threat, not just to the American people, all mankind, but principally to the Chinese people. And here's the way this thing's going to develop. It's people that are actually backing the Chinese people in their search for freedom, and they're coming to the rule of law and to the truth. The biggest thing is going to break the Chinese Communist Party in this is not Dr. Giuseppe Trito. He's fantastic, a world expert that now has the expose out there about the weaponization of this virus. It's not Stephen Moshe. It's not Steve Bannon. What it is is people like our next guest, Dr. Yan. It's Chinese people, mainlanders, people in Hong Kong that have seen the brutality of this dictatorship and know what their lives are and now realize with this pandemic, how dangerous they are and how they will stop at nothing. Look, I'm still in the camp that do not believe they purposely let it out. But I've been strongly in the camp from the very beginning that the it came out of the Wuhan P4 lab and it came out of experiments that were going on there. And now slowly, slowly we're peeling the, we're peeling the onion back, but it's the whistleblowers, it's the heroes, it's the defectors and the Chinese Communist Party's got to understand one thing. It's not just Dr. Yan. As brave as she is, there are other colleagues that are out and telling the truth. And you're going to be outed. And here's the thing for people in America on Wall Street and corporations, in Washington, D.C., in newsrooms, all the collaborators, all the appeasers, it's all going to come out. It's all going to come out. It's not Steve Bannon that called you a collaborator. It's not Steve Bannon that called you a appeaser. It was the Attorney General of these United States, William Barr, called you collaborators, appeasers, and they should be checking federal regulations about unregistered foreign agents. I want to turn now, I want to bring in the heroic Dr. Yan. Uh, by the way, Stephen Mosher, uh, Raheem, what is his Twitter handle? People got to start following him more. We want the entire war room pandemic posse to make sure you're, you're, you know Stephen Mosher's writing like you know Bill Gertz, you know General Spaulding, because Mosher is a hero. This article on LifeSite News, and I can't thank the people at LifeSite enough for putting it up right away. Uh, this book's in Italian. We're right now trying to work and try to get a translation of this to make sure 
Uh, Dr. Giuseppe Trito's book is everywhere, and even in Chinese language. Want to get it uh, translated into Mandarin? But what, Raheem, what's his what's his Twitter handle? Yeah, if you want to follow Stephen Mosher, and it's a, a, a big recommend from here in the war room and from Stephen K. Bannon, it's at Stephen with a V W Mosher, Stephen W Mosher on Twitter, and their website is pop.org, P-O-P dot org. Steve. Yeah, he's an anti-abortion uh, activist for many, many decades. Uh, one of the reasons he got interested in the CCP was their forced abortion program, which is absolutely brutal, nothing but cold-blooded uh, murder. His book, Bully of Asia, must be read. You really get to understand what we're up against and what the Chinese people are up against. Remember, it's their freedom. With their freedom comes the collapse of the business model of the globalist elites, the party of Davos, the city of London, Wall Street, the global corporations. Can't be living off the slave labor of Lao Beijing, who are the deplorables of China. Oh, yes, and exporting excess capacity and lower wages throughout the rest of the world so that nobody ends up making any money, just them. want to bring in Dr. Yan, but Jack, Jack, as we bring Dr. Yan in, I know you had a question for, for Stephen Mosher we couldn't get, uh, we couldn't get time for. Why don't, you, why don't you ask Dr. Yan? Well, Dr. Yan, I was, uh, wanted to comment about some of the things that Dr. Mosher was saying. It was really a sort of statement. Yesterday we had uh, Dr. Ryan of the World Health Organization come out and say, almost as a kind of preemptive warning to the world that, hey, people, we may never get to the bottom of this. We may never find out where this is. And again, the World Health Organization still has not resolved their agreement with the uh, Chinese Communist Party as to how they're actually going to investigate this virus. But Dr. Yan, for our audience, I really want you to talk about, I know that you believe that this virus was released on purpose by the CCP. And we talked about this over the weekend, and you had a really poignant way of describing why you thought this was the case. And it was because you look back at, at Chinese history and you realize that they'd done multiple things like this in the past. And I wish you could kind of talk about that and explain to you your awakening as to the evil of the CCP during your discovery about this virus in the early weeks of January and late December. Oh, thank you, Jack. Thank you, sir. And also, uh, I want to stress this question from the beginning of my investigation. So, as I mentioned, I started back to the 31 December last year. And during my investigation, the two times from that time to the mid-January, I started to realize this is not as easy as just a natural ex origin virus come uh, like other something like the flu or something come to the human because all the evidence I see from the scientific evidence based on genome to the scientists and also the doctor's reaction and also CDC people's reaction and also our government's enforcement to stop talking and to uniform all the uh, discussion about this uh, outbreak all show that this is not a just the one, some common things like the common new pandemic, new outbreak or new virus jump into human. Behind it, this is a big, big my, uh, story that we need to figure out. And uh, as I said, the, from the beginning, the China government tried to cover up all these things and mislead the information to the animals in the seafood market and also try to postpone the diagnosis, try to uh, 
delete the delay the submission of the genome sequence to the world and even later gave the wrong one and keep telling there is no human to human transmission. So image if this is something come from nature and the government has no responsibility for that. Why do they recruit that big force to stop people to understand what happened? Something comes from nature is not the fault for the government, right? Even if people eat animals, we are not the single country that people eat some animals, right? And also back to their alternative choice. If this is an accident, come from some lab in China. So why don't our government, when they know it happened in even December, or even early last year, why don't they try to stop it? From the early beginning, even this is a leakage, you can stop it, right? You diagnose all the people, you check them, check their close contact, and find out where it come from. Even for China government, if they don't want to admit this is a leakage at that time, they still can punish some people who should be responsible for that in the institute. No point to recruit WHO, recruit all the deep state people they had connected before in the world, in scientific world, and in even political world now, to get together to tell people something which is lie. Now we, we know there are so many lies, right? They don't need to hide this kind of truth if this is either nature origins or if it's a leakage. Dr. Yan, Jack, again, I wonder. Dr. Yan, oh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. No, keep going, Jack. No, I, I wanted you were talking to me over the weekend, and we were saying I sort of took the oh, yeah. position of Dr. Mosher. I said I cannot understand how the Communist Party would do something like this on purpose. Sure. And one of the things that you told me was your eyes started to open when you really were getting threatened by your colleagues at the lab in Hong Kong by just asking questions. Your boss told you, hey, you don't want to be disappeared. And you sort of implied to me that that you don't think that there's any evil that they're not capable of. And when you look at their history, that should be proof to anybody that this is something that they are capable of and should not be discounted. Yes, exactly. I mean, this will be a long story because it involves uh, all the 70 years history in our Chinese, uh, in China, and even extend to the 100 years history to Chinese Communist Party. And this, I cannot explain all the things in just one interview. But what I can tell people is, we cannot understand, even I cannot understand why they behave like that, because we are human, we are too kind to understand this kind of evil things. But come, uh, if you stay in China for years, you stay in mainland China, or you now come to Hong Kong, you will understand these things are far beyond your imagination. They can do whatever they want because this is a government, this is a regime, they have no other independent surveillance, no other force can control them. They own 1.4 billion Chinese people and now extend even to the world and use their money, use their power to control them, even now control to U.S. Uh, you know what I mean, right? We can see what happened in scientific field and in the big also uh, high level the, uh, officers. And for example, why do they stop HCQ? The stop hydroxychloroquine uh, apply in application in the emergency use, right? And also, yeah, back to our Chinese history, 
For example, we know from 1959 to 1961, three years, we have something called natural disaster, which is a big starvation and lead to at least 30 million Chinese people dead. I still don't think we can see the real data back to that time, but what I can say is if you ask the Chinese people who stay in that period in China, all of them can tell you they know someone or their relatives or even the very close people in their family died of this kind of starvation. Our government don't give food to people. We still cannot understand why it happened. But even in my family, my grandpa's father died of that. And we have some relatives or other known people died of this. We are in a big city uh, in China. Still, we suffer like that. We, we cannot understand. Our, our government never admits the reason. So if you think people should understand the, the motive of the Chinese Communist Party and then to admit, yeah, this is the purposely uh, to release this virus, then I think we still need to take a long time because most yep. of people do, do, in the world Dr. Yan, are too nice. Dr. Yan, just hang on there for yeah. one second. We'll keep you Thank over the break if we can. I know Jack has another question. I believe Steve does as well, but we do have to jump to a quick break here. We're in the war room with Dr. Yan, Jack Maxi, Stephen K. Bannon, Raheem Kassam. Want your comments and thoughts? Hashtag war room pandemic on Twitter, on Parler and beyond. We'll see you in just a second. with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Let me just say that what the president is saying about China is interesting. It's an interesting diversion. Right now, our focus should be on meeting the needs of the American people. I've even said putting aside how we got here in our own country because we should be using our energy on how we go forward than making judgments about what his administration did or didn't do. We're talking about going forward. How do you, how do you rationalize calling where this started from and how we got to this position and what we know about the whole situation? How do you rationalize calling that uh, a, a deviation or a distraction when you're one of the most powerful political... And you go around town, Speaker Pelosi, claiming you're the most hated person in China, the Chinese Communist Party are all up in your grill. And by the way, she didn't say Chinese Communist Party, did she, Steve? She said China. I'm the most hated person in China. She doesn't make the distinction between the CCP and the ordinary people of China, and she doesn't make the distinction but between where we, where, how we got to this position in the first place and then how you attack it. And that was on May the 14th, and nothing has changed since. We're still seeing the same talking points from Nancy Pelosi. We're still saying the same talking points from Joe Biden's staff who are crafting his tweets for him. And we'll no doubt see the same talking points from the vice presidential pick as it is announced in, oh, I don't know, about nine minutes time, supposedly. Steve. No, this is a misdirection play. You know, Nancy Pelosi sits and goes, oh, I'm the most hated person in Beijing. I'm the one most picked on by uh, the the uh, Communist Party media. That is a lie. Okay, is a perfect example right there. That's a misdirection play. The diversion is her saying, oh, no, it's just a diversion. The beating heart of the problem 
is where the virus came from. Dr. Yan told us when she first came on the scene, you're not going to get a vaccine. You're not going to get therapeutics because they never gave you the real genome sequence. Dr. Giuseppe Trito in his book seconds that. He says, look, at most you're going to get five uh, of these mutations. I think there's 12, 14, 17 mutations of it right now, variants of it. This is why Fauci the other day in testimony said a vaccine will be only 50% effective because they know there's multiple uh, variants of this. That's why Nancy Pelosi has used the Chinese people. She's used Lao Beijing as a toy, as a method to get power. And how did she get power? She got power by shaking down Silicon Valley to give money to the Democratic Party and make it even more progressive with all the snowflakes out there in Silicon Valley who are infested with money and access to the Chinese Communist Party. We're going to be doing this over. We're going to be doing this daily in the days and weeks ahead to talk about how Nancy Pelosi got her wealth, how she got her influence, how she rose literally from a nobody to be Speaker of the House. It's on the backs of the Chinese people. Oh, yeah, she was all about Tiananmen Square when she first got into politics so she could use it. She went over there. Well, where, where is she? what has she actually done besides happy talk? Where's the action? Besides talk, where's the action? And right there in May, she tried to divert away from the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, you know, it's a diversion right now to see where it came from. No, we've been one to say this pandemic is serious and you have to get all over it. But the, you've got to go back to the source material. Jack, I know you've got one more question, but I just want to ask Dr. Yan. I want to bring her back in. Dr. Yan, you said this when we first met you months and months ago, and then when you first came public, that you don't think there will ever be a vaccine for this. Dr. Trito said, hey, at most, it's going to be a vaccine that maybe solves three or four of these. Where do you think we stand until the CCP releases the original genome sequence? Do you think we'll ever get a vaccine? I don't think so. So let me stress this problem. So first, you should understand that vaccine is not just a magic term that you say, we have vaccine so we can uh, get all the problem disappeared. No, it's not like that. Vaccine is a big issue that you have to fully study the pathogen and then understand the weakness and also understand how it reacts to human bodies and the target this kind of result, you can develop some vaccine to overcome the passage. Now, first we can say we have a high mutant uh, new coronavirus now. So this virus spread all over the world. And it's very difficult for us now to understand how many serotypes there are and how long they can induce the different type of antibodies. And these antibodies last for how long in humans' bodies and whether these antibodies are all neutralizing the virus or just some antibody who does just work as partially uh, protection or even no help for human bodies. We don't know all these answers. And also, the other thing is back to the early stage of this outbreak from December to January to later, China government, we have a lot of patients, right? Thousands of thousands, but they first hide the uh, numbers of cases and also they don't provide the genome sequence to the world. So that means we have some chance at that time to study this virus fully even before it go to the other countries like US for the big outbreak. 
But this critical information was hidden by Chinese government. They even asked people to destroy those viral samples. And I work in Hong Kong. The Chinese government even don't uh, want to provide those samples for us to do the analyze. So basically, although they use our institute, but they still worry that the sample will come out maybe like me, go to US to let people know what they have been done. And also the other thing is, very important thing is they never do only one string of virus. So image, there are many viral strains in that stock and they purposely release some. Why cannot they release the others? And how could you get a vaccine? One minute to overcome such problem. Jack, I know you got a question to wrap this up. Very quickly, guys. Dr. John, I wanted to just get your uh, answer on this real quick. We talked over the weekend, and really some of the things you touched me, and I asked you about, do you feel safe in America? And you answered something to the effect that none of us are going to be safe unless we defeat the CCP. Could you just elaborate on that real quick? 30 seconds, Dr. Young. No one is safe in any of the place in the world, like we face to this outbreak, right? And who did to this outbreak? Chinese Communist Party. And if they still stay there, how could people trust it? How could people let it stay there and feel we are safe just because we are not in mainland China or not in Hong Kong? Again, this is still common sense. You cannot trust them, so you cannot feel safe because they want to control you. Dr. Yan, thank you once again for joining us here on War Room Pandemic. We're always so grateful to have you. Such a hero. Thank you. Here on the show time and time again, really showing us how it's done. We'll be back with more War Room Pandemic after the break and maybe Joe Biden's VP pick. We'll see.